if you want to have an experience that deepens sex, deepens meditation, deepens the food that you're eating, we all know to smoke a joint. And that is a psychedelic experience. This is Lit and Lucid, your after-work de-stress smoke sesh podcast. I'm your host, Lit. And I'm your host, Lucid. And we're going to take you on a journey. A journey to discover the truth and find the balance. Every week, we get deep on those thought-provoking topics that ooze out of the cannabis universe. But we also keep it real by illuminating important issues and people in today's culture. So kick back. Consume your favorite cannabis products. And get cozy Cozy in the the Lit and Lucid lifestyle. lifestyle. Welcome, everybody, to the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here recording another episode of the show. Today, we have special guest Libby Cooper. She is the co-founder of Space Coyote. They are a premier infused joint company out of California, specializing in out-of-this-world collaborations with various extractors in the state. What's up, Libby? Hi. So happy to be here. Totally. Glad you could join us for today's show. Um, you know, we're really excited to get in some of your products. I know it's some of uh, Lucy and I's favorite things to smoke is joints. So, and you know, that's like your whole product line. So it's really, a, it's really an amazing product. And, and one thing also, you know, speaking of out of this world, we wanted to mention we are finally, 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 finally recording our new Zoom pod track eight. What we have personally deemed as extraterrestrial technology. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, to launching this new piece of equipment, um, kind of you know, getting the, the show going into a new direction here and uh, you know, invite your friends on because this is going to be a really fun kind of elevated uh, element to our show. We even have like little sound bites that we can add on and, and we're going to we're going to pressure our our Instagram followers to, to tell us some of the cool sound bites they hope to see. So here's like a little a glimpse of what we can all look forward to. We'll probably put some bubbling in there or something. But some joint smoking. It should be a let's, cool new... Let's hope we don't hear that sound again in this one. <laughs> right. I know. That'll probably... We're going to have to replace it with like a stoner like womp womp or something. Yeah, yeah. But no, I think it was fitting to, to launch it with Space Coyote and Libby here and, um, you know, the, and set kind of a new chart of uh, for Lit and Lucid. So uh, kind of getting on onto that vibe though, we always start the show with the proverbial question of, how did you start smoking cannabis or getting the cannabis consumption? So uh, where did it all begin, Libby? Well, uh, first of all, I'm honored um, for your launch uh, coupled with the Space Coyote uh, chat. But, you know, going back to when I actually first smoked weed, I was I was in high school. I definitely don't condone underage smoking, but I, I was 14. I was a freshman in high school. And I was sitting in the back of some older boys' cars. I was with my best friend. And I, I think she had already smoked weed before. Um, so I was, I was the noob. I was very scared, but also very excited. I don't know if other people remember that feeling of your hands are shaking. I didn't even know how to light a lighter. Um, <laughs> someone had to light it for me. And the full instruction of you, you put your mouth here on the pipe and <laughs> just suck in. And I breathed in too much and it, you know, lots of coughing. Oh, my gosh. I don't actually remember getting high. I don't know. It was that wasn't the memory. The memory was everything leading up to that point of smoke in my lungs. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was it. You know, <laughs> yeah, kind of sounds like ever since. Sounds like a lot of our experience, really. Right. Yes. It was like the first yeah. time, and then that was it for me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't even want to talk yeah. about my first one, but just to help normalize it, 
I think my first time smoking weed was out of a pop can. So oh, we like wow. made like a, oh, wow. it was terrible. Yep. Yeah. So don't ever do that guys. Mm-hmm. Thank God. we're yeah, in like- I, I've, I've smoked out of a Gatorade bottle. I've smoked <laughs> out all sorts of, you know, when you're in a vine, desperate literally times. just a f- desperate times. A couple months ago, I smoked out of a papaya. Oh, wow. oh, that's never fun. ends. That quest of where's a piece never ends. <laughs> that's great. And now Even you're if you making cannabis infused joints. So how about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank God for joints. Then we don't have to like scrounge our kitchen or our car for something to smoke in. Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you a secret though, you guys, I I'm terrible at rolling joints. You know, mm-hmm. I actually only became good at rolling joints once I started a pre-roll company because I felt like my reputation was on the line. Yeah. And up until that point, I had just skated by. I think that could be, you know, negatively perceived. So I was like, this is my mission. I've just launched this company. I need to get really, really fucking good at rolling joints. <laughs> R&D. <laughs> That's a thing. Yes. That's now you're probably yeah. like a master and like put us all to shame now. <laughs> you know, my co-founder, Scott, is the master. He's actually won um, joint rolling competitions. So oh, wow. I will never surpass that. <laughs> no, that's intense. Yeah, you got a good <laughs> yeah. teacher. That's that's yeah. always the key. Well, let's yeah. talk about that. You know, Space Coyote, the California market is tough. So explain to us a little bit more about how you guys, you know, shine out amongst the crowd and what makes you guys different. Yeah, I, I always say that it's all quality that makes us different. And that comes from our origin story. I saw a huge gap in the market at my previous job. Um you know, I was exposed to a lot of data of what customers' buying behavior was in the in the cannabis space and that the price-to-THC ratio was really king. But when people were going for those high THC items, either it was a really high price item and then super premium, or it was a super cheap price item. And that high-potency product was really crappy junk ingredients. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to find that sweet spot of really high quality flour, really high quality extracts at a price that was, you know, not unobtainable. It's certainly not cheap, but you're you're paying for a really great experience from the flavor to the smoke to the actual high. Um, and I think what really sets us apart is just, you know, what the brand stands for and maybe the brand itself. People love wearing our logo on their bodies. I mean, literally like as big as their backs and as big as their chests. And I don't think there are many brands that people feel that much affinity towards. Yeah, I love the vibe of your brand. I was looking at the website earlier and I love the font, first of all. And then I went into the swag section. I'm like, okay, these shirts are dope. And I love the uh, the logo, Get Glazed. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, I had to pull yeah. up the website just to kind of see it again. Your branding really yeah. is on point. And I think it really kind of it like provides like this, like this interlude to like whatever cannabis consumer I feel like hopes that like the experience they get from cannabis. Like I really feel like you guys have like captured that somehow. And then on top Thank of you. it, I'm totally blown away. I love that I just started scrolling and like, I mean, we smoke joints. That's primarily how we consume cannabis. We don't really, we don't dab as much as we probably should. We smoke. Everybody so, has that preference. Yeah, totally. And so it was, it was really cool to, um, to come across your website really and see you guys put so much attention into different pre-rolls and, uh, and joints really. And where, you know, like you mentioned, nobody had really like people were like rolling joints and like throwing joints out there. And it was like their, their shake or their trim that was just like left over. And they're like, make joints with it, you know, like use the whole plant. And then you guys were like, we don't need like low grade or just like leftovers in a joint. We need like 
real joints that people like want to smoke with like high quality flour. And, and then you guys went a step further and made like infused joints with all these different yeah. concentrates to really like a dream. So I really want to lodge you guys for, for being kind of ahead of the curve here. And then also to catering to um, consumers like Lucy and I who love this stuff. Thank you. Yeah. When I think what's so fun about the space county journey is that we, we launched our pilot batch at, you know, the very, very beginning was a hash infused joint. And, um, you know, I like to give the analogy that you wouldn't eat a piece of toast without any jam on it or, you know, butter at, at the very least. And, you know, imagine every pre-roll that you buy from a dispensary is that dry piece of toast, but it's many months stale on top of it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not fresh out of the toaster. Um, and putting that extract in there is that jam. It's, it's really a preserved, you know, piece of the plant that gives you the flavor profile that you miss in normal joints. And then you also get such a strong high experience that you sort of blast off into the cosmos. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why I love the infused pre-rolls in particular. Like you said, like I only buy a regular joint at the dispensary if we're like traveling or something and, you know, we don't have anything on us and it's just something easy that we could just smoke real quick and throw away yeah. because half the time they end up running and like half of them gets broken yeah. anyways and it's just trash. Uh, but I love infused pre-rolls for those reasons. It gets you really high and they last a long time. So it's like mm -hmm. an even consistent burn that you know you can share it amongst each other for a while versus you smoke a pre-roll and that's done in like three minutes you know yeah, yeah. well in the experience too is if there is somebody who does like concentrates um, it is definitely like an elevated experience versus like you're saying um, it provides something like more to it than just like a plain piece of toast that's like another level to it and I, I love yeah. I'm seeing here looking at your like your THCA joint and it's 97%. I'm like, oh my God, uh -huh. I need to get yeah. that out of my hands. You know, it's, yeah. this is like, it's different stuff. We don't really have this as much in Colorado. And so I think, first of all, California, you're extremely blessed. And if you're, you know, we have a lot of California listeners out there. So you guys definitely have to check out Space Coyote and let us know how it is because we can't be there. But um, I think you guys have done great just basically capturing the, ess the essence of the plant in multiple forms and being able to kind of merge these two sides of, you know, concentrates and flowers. Yeah. And we hope to go multi-state very soon. So oh, cool. You know, maybe, maybe all of your listeners won't have to wait so long. Please. Yeah. We, <laughs> we don't want to have to wait that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit because I know you guys use sun-grown flower and then I also know you guys are collaborating with different extractors. So maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So uh, the Sun Grown Initiative actually started when we were reviewing our packaging. So, you know, we used at the very beginning just the plastic child resistant dube tube that was super easy to source. Um, it's cheap, accessible. And, you know, I mentioned that we called it a pilot for our very first batch. That's exactly what it was. It was a really small run. So we get these plastic tubes and immediately felt guilty about it. So we hired an environmental um, consultant to do a review of all of the different packaging materials that we could be using. And the findings were so interesting. She basically said, sure, you can, you can change the exterior, you can change the packaging, but the highest impact of your joints is actually what the joint is made of. You know, the, the amount of energy that gets used to um, source indoor grown flour is just not sustainable. And, you know, it's sort of a side note to the actual packaging conversation. 
plastic didn't rate the worst. And that was what was so shocking. And perhaps that's a story for another time. But yeah, that environmental consultant, um, uh, she really changed the course of space County. So I owe a lot to her, but we really uh, made a move to only source um, sun-grown and uh, we have now also started doing some greenhouse, but um, you know, that's, it still is from the sun. It's not powered by electricity and we're going to stand by that for the entire lifetime of, of this company because um, we all need to make a move to things that are the lowest impact. And we also all need to know that the lowest impact thing to do would be shut the company down. So it's it, everything is about, okay, what is the best choice knowing that we can't make the ultimate choice? That makes sense. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. uh, we've touched on sustainability a lot on our show, and we're big advocates ourselves. And uh, me coming from you know a sun grown farm, I I have seen firsthand the benefits of sun grown cannabis, and always was yeah. a, you know I probably should have preached more on the sustainability side of it. I was more on um, kind of the 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 cannabis side of things and, and the qualities of the cannabis. Really, in my in my opinion, I think the terpenes are much better. There's a more robust range yeah. of terpenes, um, and then that just contributes to the experience even more so than um, I always equated it and people are going to hate me and I probably shouldn't say this, but I always equated, uh, you know, like indoor, especially like hydro grown cannabis as being like somebody hooked up to an IV yes. and you're kind of force feeding mm-hmm. and giving them mm-hmm. what you deem is what they need. And, uh, versus if it's grown in nature, grown in soil, uh, the plant takes what it needs to, to just be itself. So uh, always I completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. I, um, yeah, I've, uh, I don't know if this is a controversial thing to say, but it's like slave plants. You're stressing them out so much. They don't have a choice. They're not thinking for themselves. You're just making them produce, produce, produce. And then uh, you two will learn. I love analogies. I also, I like to try and convince people away from indoor by saying, isn't a tomato from the farmer's market so much better than that tomato at Safeway that was, yeah. you know, grown hydroponically and pick too early and yeah you might get a bigger fruit or maybe a more beautiful fruit but the flavor is not going to be there yeah well and it's all like factory farming and pumping them with steroids and all kinds of bad things that we don't want so we're all for it that's great i love that aspect of your guys's pre-rolls yeah i think the the packaging portion of it too we we've kind of dived into that that's an interesting thing and i still think you know it's it's a conversation that I think a lot of people in the industry are just kind of waking up to, and we're all realizing that the impact that even the packaging has on on the environment. And I think our listeners listening, I would just really encourage you to go recycle. Um, that's also yeah. a step that you can take as a consumer. You can recycle. Um, and then I know um, here in Colorado, they passed a uh, kind of a law or something, I guess, um, to create a recycling pilot program. So I know the industry leaders are aware of it, and they're taking steps to also help mitigate the packaging problem. But it is an issue. It's not just an issue with certain companies. It's basically like everything and everybody. And yeah. um, so we've all kind of, I'm glad to hear you guys are doing your part and uh, consumers yeah. do their part and just recycle and we'll close that loop. Well, that's what helps, yeah. you know, you guys stand apart. You're conscious about the whole process, you know, from your packaging to mm-hmm. what's being sourced, where your cannabis is being sourced, as well as where your oil is being sourced. Um, yeah. So maybe tell us a little bit more about your, the extractors that you guys work with. Yeah, I'd love to. We work with um, some of the, you know, top extract producers in California, and we would hope to do the same in every state that we launch in. 
Um, we love to work with producers who are true artists, you know, brands that have stood out from the pack because of whatever technique or niche that they've really created for themselves. And, um, you know, I, I think all artists need to be showcased for their work. It doesn't matter if the, you know, choreographer or dancer, um, you know, musician, painter, um, I, the, the same goes for the person behind the extraction. And that's why we do have everybody's logo on our packaging, whoever it is that we're working with. Um, yeah, we've we've done some really fun collaborations. Uh, all of the live resin collaborations are my favorite, but I think that's just because I really love live resin. But uh, we do right now have a hash collaboration, live resin collaboration, and diamond collaboration, which is that THCA that you were mentioning earlier. And this is this is a little fun um, tidbit for everybody to think about. We initially had THCA infused joints and they didn't sell that well. And when we renamed it to diamond, which, you know, it's not even the correct term because you should say plural diamonds. Yeah. Um, they flew off the shelves. So a <laughs> little bit of market, for you. marketing. Yeah. yeah, marketing tidbit. <laughs> That's fun. Well, yeah. just so people know, I mean, those are, you know, like she's mentioning, those are the same things. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to we'll have to get everybody up to speed here soon. Um, but I think that's cool. I think that's fun to, um, to also showcase the extractor. I know some of the extractors don't get a lot of love and, um, even more so the farmers also don't get a lot of love. So I think you guys are also helping to to kind of fix that problem of like making sure the whole community is on board and, and, and also the consumers can also basically track back to where it all came from. And, um, mm-hmm. that gives them an opportunity to go out to these extractors and, and see what the extractors are doing with, you know, their processes and everything. And then also kind of realize what you guys are doing and, um, I'm always a curious individual, so I'm always like trying to figure out like who grew this and uh, what are your methods yeah. and um, who extracted this and what else are you guys making and and uh, I think it's really cool just to kind of geek out on all these new products that are coming out and everybody that's involved in it because everybody has a, a cool story and a passion and um, it always 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 comes out in the products. So yeah, it does. Well, and, and on that note, you know, both of you said that you smoke over dabbing one thing that we're trying to do with space coyote is to normalize extracts and make them not scary to people who just consume flour and then equally you know get the extract customers ones who are you know pretty much married to the dab rigs Mm -hmm. to try uh pre-rolls for the first time because pre-rolls have such a bad rap in their community so we are marrying these two different groups who are who are very different Mm -hmm. and um the ultimate thing is getting everybody to not think pre-rolls are crappy. Right. I think you could do that with that. I mean, I see both sides of that because for us, like we don't dab really because the mode of consumption is just like too much for us to handle. So we just like don't do that. But on the flip side, like you said, dabbers don't really smoke joints. They're like, I don't want to join. So I love the, you know, bringing together the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, um, like concentrates, I feel like like the the experience isn't as intense as a joy and people are going to be like what are you talking about you know i just like dab yeah. something that was like 95 percent, but i really feel like the experience is different on a flower and i you know i don't want to sit here and preach like the entourage effect and, and you know <laughs> the, like the whole plant and full spectrum consumption but i'd still feel like it applies a different experience to the whole everything versus me taking a dab 
Um, whereas, you know, I'm, somebody's going to have a totally different experience with a dab and they may find that with a dab. But I think even when you apply a concentrate to it, it's uh, it definitely like elevates the experience even more. And you still have that full experience you're getting with a joint with that extra elevation of the concentrate. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm down with it. I think, you know, if you are a concentrate smoker and, um, you know, live resin, you know, that's your thing. I guarantee you're probably really going to enjoy a live resin infused pre-roll. Give yeah. it a try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would recommend, this is not an ad, but I would mm-hmm. recommend the Turp Pen um, for either of you. It's, it, it was my intro into concentrates because it's a little, you know, dab tool that's not intimidating. And honestly, it was like a little straw. Like straw just like, thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Um, but you I know, would agree coming into this industry, I was very much just, flour you know i'd buy loose flour mm-hmm. that's it and it was actually really hard to get me into a dispensary yeah i would just go through my normal means <laughs> <Your homies. laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i know it's still kind of weird sometimes we talk about that often of like you know it, we just got so used to going to a dispensary now i guess and it's like we should just hit up our homie again and <laughs> i know we've been trying to find our homies again we're like where do we find them at but buy go to a dispensary you guys <laughs> yeah um, well, your co-founder, Scott, he had mentioned that Space Coyote was showcasing like the psychedelic side of cannabis. What does that mm-hmm. mean? So that really means that you can get really, really high uh, on weed and have mind altering, mind expanding experiences. It's it's a statement that encourages people to think very recreationally of the plant, but also to think of it as, you know, not just like, I want to escape my reality or numb this pain that I'm experiencing or, you know, have an experience that dulls things down. It's very much about make it better, make it more enhanced. Um, I've never really liked the term elevated, but, you know, for better or worse, I, I think people use elevated to describe high when they're maybe too shy or their brand doesn't allow the word high. But that's what that is what weed does. You know, it enhances, it elevates everything. And if you push it even further, it becomes psychedelic. And I, I really do put weed in the same category as mushrooms. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to have an experience that deepens sex deepens meditation deepens the food that you're eating we all know to smoke a joint and that is a psychedelic experience absolutely i know we've needed that we needed somebody to come on to like explain that other because i mean i use the word elevated i use it all the time because i feel like yeah you know it, it still has a stigma to it and even though like lucy and i we still smoke to get high i mean everybody like i think everybody who smokes metaphorically they're always you know seeking that high i guess from it um but yeah Yeah. i think that's just what society has like beat us all down and told us all that Mm -hmm. you shouldn't get high from drugs because getting Mm -hmm. high is bad and that's what they all taught us and dare and everything and yeah um, but i think the way you described it is exactly what all of us are seeking we're not seeking to like be slobbering and run around naked in the street and none of that it's it's literally like enhance the experience we're having and and you know i i I really want to say like elevate again but Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. take your experience to a new level like you mentioned yeah um and i think it does that i think you know i've i've talked about my story about how you know i had you know uh basically took a different path in life for my first time smoking weed because i didn't really 
it really wasn't my first time smoking weed, but just having that first collective experience where I did feel high. And then I felt like, swear to God, I had a psychedelic experience where it changed my mind. And that was all just purely from cannabis. It wasn't LSD, mushrooms, anything else. It was all from cannabis. And so I became a firm believer at that point that, you know, it does produce a, a psychedelic change in you and basically provides the tools to open up your mind and make changes. And, uh, you know, I think more people should talk about that and should talk about the high that's associated with it and the experience. And, um, I think more brands should also, like you guys are doing kind of showcase that cause it is what we're all seeking. We just don't explicitly all say we want it, I guess. Well, and especially with your guys' brand in particular, the product that you're offering, I think that that creates more of a heightened experience as well that allows for that deeper, you know, inter-transcendal, like, communication with yourself. And it's much different than just smoking a joint. I feel that connection a lot when we do edibles. Like, I'm always, you know, doing my yoga practice or, you know, even just sitting on the couch, closing your eyes, and you really just start to think about things a lot differently than just, you know, chilling or just smoking a joint. So there's different mm-hmm. kinds of highs for different kinds of experiences and definitely an infused pre-roll would provide that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask an off the wall question, but uh, where did Space Coyote come from? It came from a trip to Joshua Tree Ooh. and it was uh, actually Scott's birthday um, a few years back and a bunch of friends had gathered. I think it was 25 of us and we actually drank mushroom tea. So we drank mushroom tea, we're smoking a bunch of joints, and uh, everything was timed with a meteor shower that was happening. So we'd gathered in Joshua Tree to view this meteor shower, and it was also a new moon, so there wasn't any moonlight, optimal viewing (laughs) capability, and... Yeah, I mean, everybody was just wearing these beautiful outfits. We were all climbing through the desert. I remember my dress getting caught on a cactus. and I was <laughs> laughing, saying, you know, this is the type of content anthropology wishes that they could capture. <laughs> right. And uh, we end up, everybody's sitting on rocks watching um, the sky and coyotes are yipping in the background. And we felt like space coyotes and everybody was you know saying we're space coyotes we're space coyotes (laughs) so we had the name space coyote well before having a company um you know it really stuck with me uh i'm the designer and and brand uh you know mind behind space coyote and so i just really fixated on those two words stuck together and that origin story plus knowing that i wanted to start a cannabis company um and and things aligned. It it took a year. It was a year afterwards that we actually started the company. That's pretty amazing. I'm actually glad yeah. I asked because that's even better yeah. than I like could have imagined, yeah. really. But that's yeah. that's kind of why I asked because I felt like it was a basically like a moment that created yeah, like produced those words. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. such that vibe, right? Like, it don't totally you wish you were vibe. in Joshua Tree, like just yeah. smoking a space coyote, <laughs> right? Yeah. I've I've since gone back many times and smoked. Joshua trees, um, you know, smoke Joshua, smoke space coyotes <laughs> in Joshua tree. I would be very painful to smoke in Joshua tree. Um, oh, I want to go to Joshua and, tree so bad. It's like on my oh, it's amazing. list. Well, and that honestly, the, the whole brand is, you know, an, an ode to Joshua tree. You know, it's, it's, um, a place that I really love and everything about the brand is to remember that one night. 
I think you guys have done a great job. I think even just when I when I think of the name, um, then I went to your website and I was blown away because I think you've done a really good job with the branding. I think you've done a really good job of basically um, delivering an experience to your consumers and giving them exactly what they want. And then I think you've done an excellent job um, basically curating your products to what consumers are going to want and then also um, giving them something that they didn't even really know they wanted. So I yeah. think the whole brand as a whole, you guys are doing an excellent job. Um, I think, you know, there needs to be more conscious brands out there with like a really cool brand story of how the name got created. And, uh, but you know, there could only be a couple of amazing people like yourself. So. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, and I, I do agree with that. Sometimes it's, it's pretty lackluster when you hear some founders say, well, we, we workshopped the name with a creative <laughs> agency and spent, you know, $30,000. It's like, come on. Yeah, okay. like, you don't need to go to like Joshua Tree and sip some mushroom tea <laughs> yeah. and like find a yeah. real name to get behind. A real story, yeah. That is so cool. Well, um, let's keep the uh, let's keep the trippy vibes going. I know um, something. You know, we've been on like a really like a rant lately about aliens, and we keep asking everybody. You know, everybody that comes on like, what do you think of aliens? And what do you think? And we're gonna take a step further today, and just go straight for the just straight for the, the hardcore juice here and ask, uh, what do you think about us living in a simulation? Well, uh, I was just having this conversation with my co-founder recently and it brought up so many different points. I mean, I think if you asked me this question uh, today and then you ask me this question next week, maybe my answer is different. But right now, I I don't think that we're living in a simulation, but I think that things happen where people's brains want to make sense of what's going on. The chaos, you know, we live in this like random chaos, chaotic environment. And a lot of people have become atheists and, you know, culturally, spirituality is considered really woo-woo. And, you know, for most of my life, I, I was not spiritual. I don't even know if I'm spiritual now, but I think that when people talk about, are we living in a simulation? It's, it's this need to understand why strange things are happening. Why do I experience deja vu? Yeah. You know, why did, you know, this person call me when I was just thinking about them? Or when you think you see double, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've, you've met someone before and it's not, it's not that deja vu feeling. You literally think there's a glitch in yeah. the simulation. <laughs> but I think that in a way... I mean, this is, you know, today's Libby's view today. (laughs) I think maybe if we all think we're living in a simulation, it's a bit narcissistic. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think that we're just pure randomness. And I think that we're really insignificant. And maybe that's dark and morbid. But I mean, actually, this, you know, a lot of this for me came from a DMT trip that I did. Um, And I, you know, total tangent, I think DMT and other psychedelic drugs just show you what you already know within yourself. You're not going to see God if you don't believe in God. Um, But for me, you know, I got this really zoomed out view of the world and, you know, in a way we're just cancer on the earth and we have that same structure as cancer cells and we're just doing what we're programmed to do, which is just live and reproduce and and die and you know be born and reproduce and and just spread and we all search for more meaning but perhaps there isn't more meaning and that's okay Mm -hmm. if you can be okay with that you actually become free right you're not like always searching for that other meaning yeah this is it guys yeah 
I think which that, is it's so funny because my answer before when someone asked me this was like we're definitely in a simulation <laughs> <laughs> and then you thought about it, you're like no <laughs> no maybe we're not yeah yeah I kind of go back and forth about it too yeah, you know we have conversations and yeah. like one one thing makes sense and then the other one's like no there's no way so well what I always get down to is like well, what's the point you know like what would be the yeah. point of a simulation like you know like if this is a simulated conversation with Libby and, and Lucy and I like <laughs> What is the point for whoever is running the simulation? Like, what do they get out of it? I don't really know if they get much out of it. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, and, then, and then the other half of this is like, you know, I don't know if uh, I really want to sit around and, and like give somebody else credit for all the cool stuff that's created either like with ourselves or others, you know, like Einstein and, and all these other amazing people that have like contributed like amazing things to, to our society and our world. I don't want to just give it in to like an alien group out there, somebody or a creator or somebody just uh, handing these people everything. I think that uh, we do have to give these individuals credit for like creating pretty dope and amazing things for themselves and, and basically expanding their consciousness and, and, you know, living the shit out of their life and, and doing these cool things. I think that's what would get lost if we were all like, yeah, it's a simulation. It's all fake. We have no control. I think we would all just like fall into this like abysmal hole and there wouldn't be creativity and, and like space coyote and all the like cannabis and DMT. And there wouldn't be all these things that these tools to, to make us understand ourselves more and like search for these things and and be free and and understand life. If it was just like a drab simulation. So I don't know. I'm the same way. I do go back and forth. I want to say it's, it, we don't, um, just because like I said, I would like to have that creative freedom to like live my own life and not think all my choices are already planned out. Mm -hmm. Well, perhaps maybe just to, you know, play the flip side, if we were living in a simulation, then I think we're doing really well at this game. You know, this is, if it is a simulation, perhaps we're not each individually being controlled, because I think that's, that's too egotistical. Maybe, you know, if this is the playing field, then... We've got it figured out. We're working in cannabis, like we're doing. We're, doing, <laughs> it's, we're working in our passion, yep. um, and you know, I I personally really like anchoring to this idea of freedom and sort of searching for what what makes us each feel very free and knowing that happiness depends upon ourselves. Um, but yeah, if 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 someone listening does believe that we're in a simulation. Um, I would urge that person to just, you know, feel that and then say, well, then I can do anything, you know, anything that you want to do can become a reality because none of this is real. Right. Yeah. You would have even greater opportunities then, right? If none of it was real. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, then you get into that and then you start getting into like manifesting and all that. And then like you really start, I don't know. Then then if you talk about manifesting, I mean, does that really mean it's it's a, it's a simulation or is that just you understanding like the essence of like even your being that we're all just like vibration and energy. Yeah. And I don't think they don't, they sure as hell don't teach that in like primary school or anything of like, right. you're made up of just energy. They teach you, you're made up of yeah. like atoms and molecules. So you think there's like right. these finite things that, that it, it like, you know, this atom is what it is. And, um, and that's not actually the case. So I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe it's not a simulation. We just need to like teach everybody the, the essence of like their being and then they're, yeah. they can move around it as if it's like a simulation, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and when it comes to manifesting, I, I've never been behind the word. And I think, I think that can 
turn some people off. But what I believe in is hard work, like believing that you can do it. And I think a lot of uh, things that I do, people are like, you're a master manifester. (laughs) Teach us your ways. And I'm just like, well, if I want to do something, I just do it. Right. You know, I don't, I don't believe that I don't have enough experience to start a company. I don't believe that, you know, I can't live in Hawaii and, and run a company remote, you know, which we were doing well before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody now is like recognizing that it's possible, but <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I think that, um, people who really do believe in manifestation and are capable of, of doing that are actually just really strong people with a lot of conviction and a lot of self-confidence. We need to have like a whole episode just around manifesting because I I actually agree with everything you just said and I'm not a big fan of the word manifesting and it's not actually something I even use in like my daily vocabulary. I'm a very motivated individual and I'm a very hard worker and like that's how I've gotten to where I'm at and I recognize that every day I got to keep waking up and putting in the work um, while at the same time where I think people people visualize manifesting is more in like my mind is like I have a desire. I have something that I want to yeah. achieve. I have a vision. I've like put that out there and it's more just like reaffirming in my mind that I have to take these steps to get there. And like if I don't take those mm-hmm. steps, guess what? I'm not going to have that. And then or, you know, somebody say I'm not going to manifest that, I guess. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I still think mm-hmm. you have to kind of physically you have to put in the work, work. <laughs> and physically tell yourself mm-hmm. and and establish those desires and, and you know, I, I haven't mastered the art of manifesting by taking a bath every morning and getting out and there's, you know, $30,000 in my account. I mean, I still have <laughs> right. to go and put in the work for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's well, it, it, this just made me think that um, maybe uh, we could redefine what manifesting is. And it's it's actually being able to have a really strong idea of what it is that you want mm-hmm. and that visual. I think perhaps people that, you know, perceive others as good at manifesting, maybe they don't actually know what they want. So there's, there's nothing to work towards. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it is, I agree with you. It's about waking up every day. And, you know, if you hit your goal yesterday, you, you just make a new goal and yeah. you really know that you can do it. Yeah. I love that. That's totally what it is. Like manifesting more show is just creating that vision and having that insight to create that and then actually going out and doing it. Not just like sitting there and being like, Oh, it'll be here tomorrow. (laughs) I just keep manifesting it. (laughs) Well, that all goes back to like positive thoughts and things of that nature. So your mindset is key as well. Yeah. Hey, and cannabis helps with that guys. Right. Cannabis has been one of my biggest supporters of me getting to where I've gotten just because uh, it helps you basically stay focused, helps you smoke it and kind of because sometimes, I mean, I'll say the day wears out, you know, the day wears on you, I guess sometimes, sometimes the week wears on you. Sometimes, you know, the year wears on you. We just had a, a 2020, a crazy year. And I think sometimes you need something that um, can give you that freedom. Like you've mentioned a few times, I think cannabis gives me that freedom to break out of these, like the, the anxious, the anxiousness and the stress that's placed and these to do's of like, you know, I got to do something tomorrow to, to get to my next goal. I can go smoke a joint and then center myself and take care of myself and, and practice self care and then be able to wake up tomorrow after a good night's rest and get back at my goals. And, um, I think they're all intrinsically tied together. Totally. All right, Libby. Well, we like to end the show with one fun question. Uh, we are the lit and lucid podcast. So are you lit or are you lucid? I'm lucid. <laughs> Right now, right. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be, it's, uh, 
it's uh 2 20 when i where i am right now and uh, my day conveniently ends at 4 p.m every day perfect so. That's Just when we time. like to end our day, too. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right, Libby. Well, you were great. Um, everybody in California, all of our listeners out there, go check out Space Coyote. I would love to get my hands on one of those one day. Head out to Joshua Tree, smoke a pre-roll, and see where the, your journey takes you. Totally. Yeah, this has been a really enlightening conversation. I think that uh, there's a couple of little nice little tidbits in here that we've all learned and um, you know, we look forward to having you on again and we can kind of track your journey and see what you're up to next. I think uh, you're doing great work and uh, we're totally happy to have you as uh, compadres in the cannabis industry. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, with that, I'm lit. I'm lucid. And that's it. Laters. Laters.